Love Blues by Gloria Bosman as we took a short little break over there. It's December, so music will be infused into the show here. And then, of course, as you know, that our news programming now ends for the duration of the festive period. Now ends at 9 p.m. So that will be the last news bulletin that you will hear. Uh, going forward, uh, you will hear, very typically, music during what would have been our news segment or the news break. Yeah, and look, uh, we're going to treat this as a very, very democratic show. So if there are any specific song requests that you have as you listen to the show, don't hesitate to send us those song requests. You can text it to us on WhatsApp or you can send us a WhatsApp voice on 0614-104-107. As we continue with the program right now, you would recall one of the most heartbreaking stories earlier this year was about E. coli in the water in Hammanskral that had led to the death, unfortunate death, of a number of Hamanskral residents. Importantly, there was government intervention and uh, that government intervention had now uh, seemingly made the problem go away. Or did it actually go away? Because what we have is a situation where we don't have much news or as high volume information about uh, the state of water and, and the access to water uh, amongst the residents of Hamanskral. When I started the show, I said Hamanskral really is, is a microcosm of what's happening across the country, right? If you look at places like Kwakwa, people have been going there without water for years. South Africa's water crisis is one that is incredibly widespread. And I want to hear your experience with it. So give me a call, 86 2032 as you participate in this. You can also send us a WhatsApp voice note on 0614 My guest this evening, Dr. Ferial Adam of Watercan, as well as Tepo Mashango, a resident and activist in Amanskral. Tepo, I want us to start the conversation with you. Um, and of course, it was tragic what had happened in Hamanskral earlier this year. Government intervened uh, at all levels, local government, provincial government, as well as national government across different sectors of government, uh, different departments within government. Has the problem gone away or have we just stopped hearing about it? Good evening, Oliver. It's always a pleasure being on the yeah. show. And good evening to the listeners at home. Commander's morning. Uh, Oliver, the problem in Hamaskral is far from being over. Far from being over is just politics, just lip service. It's electioneering season. Things were said which are not materializing. Nothing happened. All what we see, it's lies. People are suffering. Water is not fixed. That problem is actually far, 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 far from being over. The residents are just hallucinating, thinking that there will be a political will. Uh, there's crime there, number one. Number two, there's sabotage by these politicians. There's greed. All these elements together can never resolve any problem facing South Africa in terms of as far as water is concerned. Because we are, we are still drinking water containing E. coli. We are still seeing people having stomach cramps and other diseases which are waterborne. And the yeah. government, national government, doesn't care. Local government doesn't care because, and provincial government doesn't care. People will be hallucinating to think that all this lip service will be put into practice because that money is going to be chowed. Trust me. So, 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 so when you talk about greed, crime, the lack of political will, theft that's going on, 
tell us exactly what you mean by that. Describe to us the specific actions that have taken place. Okay, no action one. The water challenge in South Africa generally, it's man-made. We don't have a water problem in South Africa. The whole of South Africa, we don't have any problem. All these are man-made to benefit greedy, corrupt, arrogant criminals who are masquerading as our saviors. I'm talking to the politicians. So the people on the ground should just do the honorable thing, take a bold decision, remove all these politicians. No, no, I, I, Tepo, I get the sentiment. What I'm asking for is can you tell us exactly what happened? Who stole money? How do you know money was stolen if that is what you're saying? Um, when you're saying that there's been greed, what hasn't happened that, has, that was supposed to have happened? Okay. There was money allocated to fix rival water treatment, which disappeared in hands of politicians. And we saw water tankers. And, uh, is, this, is, this after, is this after the fact uh, of the government intervention that had taken place? Before the government came to lie, not intervene. They just came to lie. There was no intervention. Because intervention means they would have started the project because City of Swan on its own, they say they've got $450 million budgeted for rival. It, I mean, it's a story for each and every year. This issue mm. is about three decades now. So what I'm saying is, now, FIU, what I'm saying, I'm talking about criminality. I'm going to mention two things here. Number one, the president of the country has just now approved this investigation by SIU on one man, Edwin Saudi. How do you point a finger on one man if there are mm. people in Swani who authorizes things? This SIU is actually focusing on individuals rather than the bigger picture, the organized crime. Number two, yeah. Yeah, the MMC of utilities, Mr. Temba Fosi, is on record on media saying that there are construction, uh, what do you call a uh, water tanker mafia. And uh, my question was, if this MMC knows for sure that there is such a, an issue, why are they not pressing charges against this thing? Because it's a man-made thing, and he did confirm he was bold when he said there are mafias who are manipulating the system so that they can benefit. So I'm quoting him because it's on record. Yeah. So why are they not arresting? Why is SIU not going to those people? Hence I'm saying it's criminality because first and foremost in our constitution, you cannot de deny people clean, drinkable water. You cannot lie. I mean, there's this uh, minister, Mstenzo Mtunu, who contradicts himself every second record on the media. I don't know what kind of a minister said. He will say, water in South Africa is enough for all the residents. There will be, there's no problem. Then, while you're still listening to him saying that, getting confidence that, okay, something is coming up, then Celia Brink, the executive mayor will be on media saying, honestly, I don't know where to find money to resolve this issue because 450 million can never resolve this. Something tells you that there is a problem there. Yeah, they are wrestling yeah. for power as a resident, 
as, as, as so 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 Tepo, let me let me pause you there and let's step away from the politics of it for a moment i, I mean it is important now i want us to get back to it but can you give me a sense of what the residents of hamanskrala are doing right now i know that there has been sort of some sort of private sector intervention companies like uh Kusini water coming in for instance putting up uh, communal water purification uh, centers where people can go and get clean drinkable purified water um i know that's an initiative that's that's undergoing there but it's it's a small exercise it can't cater to the entire community especially in an expanding township like Hamanskral has but 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 how has the residents of Hamanskral been coping since uh, i guess the media attention has shifted away from the problem uh, that took place there a few months ago since of course uh, there's been i you know a no reportage of deaths that have taken place over there uh, you say that there's still e coli in the water but day to day life describe what that looks like okay the issue since the media has moved since the minister has moved and the president is back to square one people are not coping there is an appetite from few individuals or companies that wants to assist but they are blocked by the system because city of Tuan, this administration is actually preferring to do things the corrupt way they choose the corrupt way to do things so the people they are still consuming this deadly water they, mm. The problem is not solved. Some are still buying. Oliver, it's so sad. If you can go there, I wish one day we can go there and invite the residents and see the plight of those people. They are treated as some subhumans. They are just being used for votes. I mean, whatever they did when they go there, it was uh, they were just grandstanding. Water is still filthy. It's not still dirty. There's nothing. That nothing has changed. I mean, it's all only water tankers that we see there. And at some point, that thing is not consistent because on some days, three days, people wouldn't see those water tankers. So they have to borrow money to buy that water or from neighbors. So it's a very shameful, you know, exercise treating people like that. It's, it's very sad, mm, Oliver. Mm, it's very, mm. very sad. I don't know this. I mean, for three decades, same problem is not going away because of greed because of wrestling for power, because of politics. I mean, it's sad, Oliver. I don't know mm. what's going to happen because, I mean, that's 450 million. They should have started by now. But that mm. MMC said it's going to take two to three years. Hence, I'm saying people are hallucinating in Amaskral, thinking that because they had that there's 450 million, this will go away. It's not going to go away because it's man-made and it's benefiting many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tepo, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it there for now. I want us to take a break, and we'll continue the conversation on the other side of that. I want to uh, bring into the conversation Dr. Ferial Adam from WaterCan on the other side of this. I'm taking your reactions. Where in the country are you, and what has been the uh, level of water provision? Is it drinkable quality water? Do you have the guarantee that if you open your tap, that you'll have water flow out of it? That's humane water that's not going to kill you. Give us a call zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on zero six one four. 104107. We continue the program on the other side of this. Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your company this evening. Give us a call 086 We're talking about the state of water affairs in South Africa. Dr. Adam Ferrell Adam, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. I want to bring you into the conversation here. What's happening in Hamanskral is not an isolated incident in South Africa. In fact, it's seemingly the norm. For many, many South Africans, it just seems to happen in the periphery of what is uh, common social, uh, you know, attention 
You know, we, we, we pay attention to things in very bite sizes. And as soon as there's a level of fatigue about the issue, we seem to move on to the next issue, as is the case with the Hamaskral issue. The water is seemingly still not drinkable, uh, according to Tepo's, uh, you know, account of, of experience there. Uh, but same's happening across KwaZulu-Natal, the same's happening across the Eastern Cape and across the Free State. Um, when government intervenes in these sorts of things, like they did in Hamaskral, what is the expectation about what they should be doing and what is the reality about what they actually do and how big of a gap is there between that? Good evening, Oliver, and good evening to all your listeners and to Tepo. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there are a few things that government can do and that they should be doing. Uh, you know, the, you are correct that what we're seeing in Hamaskar is a picture of what we're seeing across the country. And government's own blue drop and green drop report is evidence of that, you know, where it shows you that uh, almost 50%, so 46% of the water in the country from taps is not drinkable. So it's clearly there and it is happening. And and what they can and should do is, firstly, they need to um, treat this as a crisis. So that's the first challenge, where the minister says we do not have a water challenge, a water crisis. If you look at the Blue Drop and the Green Drop reports, we do have a crisis. So they need, if they tackle it as a crisis, they give it urgency. And so they can put more funds into it, into fixing the leaks, because, you know, we're losing about 50% of our water in the country, gets lost. Um, well, it's called non-revenue water, which is a combination yeah. of water that's not bulk as well as leaks. And if you can fix that, they, you save the country about $20 billion that can go back into the infrastructure. So there's that kind of thing. And I think Seppel, you know, he, he, he quite, uh, he, he spoke about it, is that there's still lots of pockets of corruption yeah. and mismanagement. And until we don't see someone actually going to jail for this, it will continue. Yeah. Outside of the administrative inadequacies, the sheer corruption that's taking place there, the malfeasance uh, that has seeped into the crevices of our state and its infrastructure. Talk to us about, because it, se it seems to me South Africa's water crisis is more than just an administrative issue. There's a resource allocation issue, there's a planning issue, um, and, and, and there's certainly a, a, a resource limitation issue. Uh, can you speak to us about some of those issues that seemingly aren't being planned yeah. for? So, so that's so, sure, that a lot. <laughs> um, so let's start with the allocation. Yeah. So if we look at how water is allocated in South Africa, about 60% of the water is allocated to big commercial agriculture. And then smaller amount is then industry and mining and then residents. So residents, I think, get about 17 to 20%. That's the allocation. The challenge we have in South Africa is that we are in a water scarce region, which means we don't have a lot of water to play around with. And 90% of the water has been allocated. So if there's a drought, if we go through El Nino, if we have, well, when we have impacts of climate change, which could be either a drought or flood, it affects our water system. So we don't have enough water then to play around with. Mm. So the what does this mean is that you're looking at by 2030, you won't have extra water for more businesses, more development, more housing development, anything like that. Where are we going to get the water from? We just don't have it. So that's your first problem, is the quantity of the water. The second thing is, 
Um, only 46% of South Africans have a tap in their house. So there's an inequality in how water is, um, uh, you know, given out to people and um, an injustice in terms of the type of water that people are receiving. So when you talk about water quantity, it's not only in terms of the volume of it, it's also about access. And a lot of South Africans don't have access to clean, safe drinking water. Basic kind of taps in their yeah. own, they don't have it. That's the other thing. Then we look at the quality of the water, and it's not only sewage. Because our wastewater treatment works are breaking down, you also have enormous amounts of pesticides, enormous amounts of antibiotics that are going into our water, making it unsafe because it's not going through the proper channels to be cleaned. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that's what you were asking, but in terms of, of the, so you, you know, in terms of the challenges we have with regards to water and sanitation, that is a big picture that I can give you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Adam, what's going wrong at water treatment plants? It's a number of things. One is you don't have the right people in positions that can actually do the work that they need to do. That's in some places. In some areas, the wastewater treatment works have been built for a particular number of people or a particular amount of well, volume that they need to deal with. What has happened is they're either dealing with way too much. Some of the wastewater treatment works are, are, are having to deal with 150% of the volume that they have. And that's causing the wastewater treatment works to actually get damaged and break down. So it's about planning. So if you know that you can see areas are growing, you can see areas, you know, for example, in, in the city of Joburg, where they say, oh, you know, our population is so much now, and that's why we're having all these problems. The population didn't increase yesterday. Yeah. Population increase is a, you know, you can see the increase. You have the curves. You have the percentages. You do your census. You can see that Joburg is a an economic hub, it's going to have people coming into the city. So why haven't you planned appropriately? So that's the kind of thing. It's planning. And this is across the country. I use Joburg as an example. Yeah. So it's planning. So your wastewater treatment work cannot deal with the volume and the demands being put onto it. That's the, 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 the one issue, right? Then I, I mentioned skills. You don't have the right people in position. I was at a meeting in, uh, in the Western Cape, in a rural town where the EWP worker was given a bottle of chlorine and said, this is how much chlorine you must put in every now and again. That's <laughs> not how you deal with a water treatment plant. Is this an uh, untrained, is this an untrained worker? Untrained EWP. So you're, you know, you're My goodness, worker. yeah. Yeah. So that the extended happens. public works program. This yes. is a low skill job. Yes, in 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 a in a in a rural area where there was no the, this person was now responsible for doing that, right? So you've got lack of skills. Then you also have um, lack of the instruments and the, the kind of chemicals you need to make sure that these things happen. So early last year, uh, 2022 January February, there was a shortage of chlorine in the country. Mm, so mm. that is, but. Even So those are the kinds of things that are leading to the... And also, government has not spent enough on maintenance. You need to spend at least 6 to 8% of the cost of the asset on maintenance every year. 
six to eight percent. What have we been spending on aggregate over the last ten years? I would say we would be lucky if it's one percent. My goodness, my yes. goodness, that's pure negligence, so then, absolute negligence. So then, if you look at the if you look at the infrastructure and the amount of leaks in big cities, they cannot. City of Joburg cannot get a handle on the leaks in the city. They cannot. Mm. Because mm. unless they don't put in the right amount of money, the right skills, they're not going to be able to deal with that. Yeah. The other thing Take we need to be mindful of is all of this will then lead government to say, let's privatize. Let's have private companies doing this. That is not the direction we want to go into. Absolutely not. Taking your reactions uh, on the voice note line, we've got a number of voice notes that have come through on this particular matter. Let's have a listen at some of your WhatsApp voice notes. Hi, Oliver. I'd just like to, to, to say uh, what an astute and, and, and really brilliant analysis from Tsebo um, out in Hamidskral. I mean, you know, if we had more citizens like this who really pay attention to the lies and really pay attention to, to the, the empty promises and the corruption, I think perhaps we could, we could buff up the, the level of accountability um, um, that uh, you know is, is afforded to to the governing parties. I mean, it really hats off to Tsepo for keeping his eye on the ground, his ear on the ground, and making sure that they don't get away with the lies and they don't get away with the empty promises. Sadly, they are because we need more Tsepos. We need more proud South African citizens like this who are well informed and can bring these issues to light come the elections next year. This is the friendly Uber driver from Cape Town. Good evening, SFM, to both the host and the guy who has been invited with a community activist from Hammanskraft. I, too, have a relative who is staying in Hammanskraft. Yes, what the activist is saying is true. There is still a problem of water out there in the Hammanskraft area. Actually, my cousin's daughter has been admitted to hospital. But now what all this boils to good South Africans, if you really love your country, you should vote the ANC out. But the problem is people don't realize the truth. Hello, Oliver. There's this thing that always happens in South Africa. Whenever we are talking about a DA-run municipality, we always blame the national government. Not to say that I am supporting them, but how is it that the local government always lays the blame on the national when they are the ones who are supposed by the law to provide um, service, uh, service delivery? Just like in Tuanin Ekurulin, it is DA who is in control and it's the DA who is supposed to deliver service services. However, it is the DA that keeps on saying that the problem is the national. You hear you hear the name of Senzum Tunu, but we never hear the name of the uh, district mayor of Tuan. Gimela Oliver, Oliver, I concur with your guest. Oliver, when there is water crisis, there are the people, people in charge, who should resolve water crisis. Instead of doing that, 
they do receive money from the treasury. They channel the money into the bank account. You know, they are so self-centered. They put themselves first. They're speaking of the counselors and the seniors in that area. You know, they don't care about the community. They just masquerade as the people who want to serve. But when the money comes, the money becomes theirs. And the, some of them, even if they get their court with the fingers in the cookie, they don't get arrested. They do shield each other, especially the politicians who don't care about the community. They pretend to serve. They don't serve the community. What they are after is the money. They do steal government causes. Good evening. Anonymous from Brunswick. Uh, good evening, Oliver. It's Malefelotoare, somewhere in Pretoria. You see, Oliver, the problem of water is not an isolated issue. It's just that there is no political will to deal with these issues. I mean, our leadership are not willing to deal with this issue because they buy purified water. I'm sure even in their houses they have uh, the tanks for this purified water, so they don't care about us. I mean, the water that we drink still has E. coli. I mean, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. We, we, we run to the toilet because of this water. I mean, our children are having stomach cramps because of this water. I mean, it's a big problem. It's, 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 a, it's a humongous problem, uh, Oliver. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for all those WhatsApp voice notes. I really do appreciate it. It's an incredibly depressing state of affairs. Uh, Tepo, perhaps to wrap up a last comment from you here. Um, what What is the sentiment of the residents, the community of Hamanskale at the moment? And, and are they planning to, uh, you know, express their frustration at the polls? And of course, I mean, I know you can't speak for the whole community and everybody's uh, political mind state at the moment. But uh, is there a, 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 has the frustration reached such fever pitch that you would likely see the community to once again rise up against this or have they just learned to live with it and that's how things will be they've accepted the state of affairs as it is thanks oliver for that brilliant question i'm gonna just be straight to the point and wrap up oliver the people all over China, not only in Hamaskral, because you know with black culture, I've got my sisters as well in Hamaskral. They no longer want to see all these parties. They want a new start. They want to press a restart button with new faces because they've been lied to by all these political parties. They can never, ever wait. It's for them, it's like we can't wait for 2024 to do the correct thing. Hence, the, our organization, we are representing Oliver all seven regions of Swan. We're not representing Hamaskaral only. So the call now is we can't wait for 2024 to change all these governments and start afresh because the people shall govern. That is our stance. We are saying the people shall govern. We are going to the polls to correct this because it only requires the regime change. Other than that, people are still going to die. People are still going to hallucinate. People are still going to complain on radio that this is not happening, that is happening. People are rising. They are saying to us, Seppo, let's find and identify a political party that is going to save yeah. the masses because we are in trouble. Here we are going to die. Three, yeah. three decades without a political will. That is a man-made thing. That is an arrogance. That is greed. The man is redirected. I mean, city of Swan, the mayor of Swan is now 
killing people. I wish the people can start by getting a panel of very strong attorneys and we lay a criminal charge against this DA-led administration that is on a mission to kill people, especially in townships. Hamas Kral shouldn't be treated as some isolated uh, informal settlement. It's a formal dwelling. Those people are staying in houses. They are taps. Why are they giving them water tenders? I would understand if those water tenders are going to some remote, uh, maybe, yeah. settlement that is informal. But that place is a formal settlement. Why are they keep on crying but not acting? I'm saying to them, let's rise in a true sense. Don't just make noise. Let's rise because you've given us a mandate. Let's identify one political party which is not tainted. Let's identify the leaders who are not implicated in all this nonsense and get some servants of the people who will take out of this mess because not in even Amaskral, in Natridgeville, we are drinking water contaminated yeah. with E. coli. We cannot stand this anymore, Oliver. Thank you very yeah. much. Seppo, thank you so much for that. I'm going to have to leave it there with you. Uh, Dr. Farrell, Adam, perhaps to you, right? Uh, politicians are going to make all sorts of problems about service delivery and water in particular over the next couple of months. Uh, how do ordinary South Africans uh, separate the BS from what is practical, what is realistic about fixing South Africa's water problem? Uh, for instance, what are the actions that must be taken? What are the resource allocation and commitments that must be made for it to make sense? I know, of course, we don't have the fiscal strength to, uh, you know, fix uh, South Africa's water uh, crisis overnight. But if we were to have a water revolution of sorts, what would the resource requirement be? Cool. I mean, I think if you're asking me how much it will cost in terms of money, I think, you know, it's, it's a lot. Of, it, it's quite a bit that we need to fix the infrastructure around water. It runs in the billions that we need. Um, but it doesn't mean we can't do it because, you know, Tepo summed it up really well in that that politicians are lying. We need to hold them accountable. But also, the money is there. They're wasting the money. The money is there. We can at least try and fix as much as possible. What needs to happen for in the immediate for people to start having trust is that it's exactly that. They just want to have clean drinking water. They don't want to have to take their kids to hospitals. And and these things can be done. If we don't do it, Oliver, if we don't start dealing with it as the public becoming more vocal around water, it's going to get worse. And that's something we can't afford. Um, we need to be able to not allow it to get to the tipping point, which is where we're at right now. And, and that, for me, is a concern. What is worrying is also that because of government's behavior, people will be wasting water. And we, we also can't do that. So we all have a responsibility in terms of making sure we have good water in the future. But we can turn the tide and force government to act. Yeah, we're going to have to leave it there. Dr. Ferial Adam, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Tepo Mashangu, thank you so much for your time as well. We're going to take a break here. Yeah? And on the other side of this, it is... The open line. I'm looking forward to hearing what's on your mind this issue uh, this evening. Give me a call, 086-000-2032. You can also send me a WhatsApp voice on 0614-104-107. I'll repeat that slowly, 086-000-2032. You dial that number, getting through into our open line, and you and I can have a chat. If you want to send us a WhatsApp voice note, it's 0614-104-107. I really would love to hear from you what is on your mind this evening. And to be very frank with you, anything goes. 
all things big and small, the stuff that you want to reflect on, uh, perhaps the stuff that you think isn't getting enough attention. Those are the stories, experiences, uh, and questions you can bring uh, to the fore. You set the agenda for the open line. The airtime belongs entirely to you. It's yours. Put it to good use. 86 0 I'm also taking the WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter and Oliver Dixon on Facebook. We're going to take a break. Listen to some music. Hugh Masikela, Stimela, a song that's been really in the back of my mind all day.